Hello, and welcome to Whole Cluster Conversation. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my nemesis in life, the all-important but all-horrible fruit fly. (laughs) It does have a lot to do with wine, if you might be asking yourself how fruit flies and wines go together. You will learn by the end of this thing. I get a lot of these at home, and this year I definitely had a big influx of them when I did my own home harvest and homemaking of some cider, or as I learned, pear pipe. No, I don't know. <laughs> cider with pears. Um, Haley has dealt with them a lot in the in the winery, in the vineyard, in the winery, um, in a lot of different ways, and has a lot of cool strategies for how to get rid of them. So let's talk about these little flies. Buggers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Haley, let's, uh, let's get right into it. Yes. I'm Haley. This is Ashley. We are Whole Cluster Conversation. Fruit flies. <laughs> yeah. Well, Giraffala. Dro- yes. I think they're Drosophilia. Um, well, I think there's a couple different kinds, but I think Drosophilia melangaster. I don't know if I pronounced yeah. that right. Is the It's not, but my my morning brain isn't letting me yeah. speak words right now. So the whole <laughs> the whole uh, group of Drosophilia or Drosophila are what we think of as fruit Giraffala. flies. Giraffala. Giraffala. Drosophila. That's how you say it. Drosophila. Drosophila. And so, yeah, they're a problem. And in the wine world, they're a bigger, and probably the cider world too, they're a bigger problem than maybe some other, well, so they carry things that you don't want. They've got, they uh, live in conditions where they get into things, especially rotting things to lay their Mm -hmm. eggs. That's part of their life cycle. And when they're on that rotting fruit or vegetable material, mostly fruit though, they pick up uh, bad things like mold and other spoilage things. And then if they go and they're flying around and flying into your vat of wine or into your carboy of cider, they Mm -hmm. will carry that. And if there's enough present um, on their bodies, then they can cause spoilage in your, your little container slash tasty bits in your wine. Yeah. <laughs> they'll die in yes, your wine. Yes, yes. <laughs> so Haley, do you know a little bit about their basic like life cycle and how that plays into that whole cycle? Yes, and I think they're... So a lot of times people will deal with them. Uh, they're, they're much bigger problem in the fall. Mm-hmm. And I believe mm-hmm. that's part of the life cycle. You know, in the fall, they're going through like a really big reproductive part of their cycle because one, they've been producing all summer outside when the weather is good and nice. And then it starts to cool down. Maybe you have a couple light freezes and things like that that are not conducive for them to live. And so they start Mm -hmm. trying to find other places where they can lay their eggs and have their progeny live on. And so that's why a lot of times we don't see fruit flies in our homes very much, except then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden in the fall, we're like, oh my gosh, where are all these fruit flies coming from? It's the same with other 
pests that we deal with typically as, you know, people that build homes that are comfortable for, you know, a species that builds homes that are comfortable all year round. They're also comfortable for a lot of uh, pests once the weather gets bad outside. Didn't you send me a funny cartoon about like, it's fruit fly season? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I see them a lot. It was, oh, I'll have to try to find that. But you sent me something that it was like, oh, no, it's fruit fly season. They're invading. Yeah. (laughs) So the basic life cycle is most insects or especially flies. So they have an egg, a larva, and a pupa stage. So Mm -hmm. you're not going to see the eggs. Um, They're quite small. Uh, If you're really looking for them, you probably can see them. But And then the larva, they're not something that we tend to notice much either because think of the size of a fruit fly. Like the larva is the same size or slightly smaller. And then if you look in your compost bin, you'll see them. Yeah. Especially if they're clustered together, like like Mm -hmm. most eggs, when they hatch, they hatch around the same time and then there's going to be lots of them and it's easier to see them. And then they turn into pupas and they start flying around and that's the stage that we know them and love them the least (laughs) in. And uh, they they can live for a couple of weeks as um, adult mm-hmm. flies. And in, in that stage is when they'll lay their eggs. And it only takes some, it depends on the conditions and also the type of fruit fly, but it can take as little as two weeks for that egg to be laid and then to hatch turn into larva and all the way into an adult version of that fruit fly. So I think about them because I actually, in my undergrad, did a whole genetics thing with fruit flies. And their quick life cycle is one of the reasons that they're studied so much in genetics. And um, they're one of the kind of original species. So you know, call out to all those bio nerds out there (laughs) that had to deal with, you know, the fruit flies and their annoyingness. But in that, you know, we, I definitely saw kind of those different lifestyle or life cycles parts of it. The thing I was going to say about the pupa is, you know, that's kind of like this little hardened case that they they go into Mm -hmm. so that they can then, you know, like metamorph, I guess. I'm sorry about scientific words here, um, into the adult. And I actually, every year at this time, because I have like a little compost bin in my house, you'll see, sir, you'll look at your compost bin. And I think one of the big things that's helped me is just really like clean out my compost bin each week. And like, I like soap and water at this time of year because exactly like those eggs, those larvae, those little pupa, you'll just start seeing them lined up around like your compost bin. So are you talking about what you use inside, like to collect your compost? And yeah, then okay. my inside compost bin for my, my city compost. But like, it'll even be like, if you look in your, if you have like one of those bins, you can go and look and you'll kind of see all of the pupa around the edge Ooh. and there's these little hard things that they've emerged from. And sometimes they're still in there. And so just like cleaning them out and just trying to disrupt that life cycle yeah. um, is, is really important. And since they have such a short life cycle, you can start disrupting that pretty soon if you can find the source of them. But sometimes that's, that's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. So Yes especially like in the vineyard in a big warehouse (laughs) with lots of sticky things and sweet substances for them to um, 
go after because they'll even like if you have spillage and stuff like that that's just another reason to keep things clean um i think they're also i i wasn't able to find anything that confirms this but something that i've noticed being working in the winery is they tend to i think it has to do with the volatile nature of what's going on so like if you have a a bung a fermentation bung that's letting Mm -hmm. off co2 there's a lot of other aromas that are in there as well but they, I feel like they are attracted to a certain level of of carbon dioxide as well, because hmm. it seems like even after you you kind of have a huge decrease in those aromas, they still tend to congregate yeah. around those like CO two producing areas. So it's that's like kind of mosquitoes and attracted to um, certain gases that you put off. I always joke about people <laughs> farting and mosquitoes, but yeah, no, it's more just like. Um, certain gases that you release, you know, your body odors and stuff. And so that's why some people in some ways are more attractive by mosquitoes. So I wouldn't be shocked if um, fruit flies have something similar. Yeah, maybe instead of searching for like fruit fruit fly specific stuff, I should have just done like insects and how they, I don't know enough about kind of insects in general. (laughs) I mean, we could find somebody to talk to about that. So that would be really fun. Yeah. Okay. So we know they're bad. How do you, how do you deal with them? Like what are your like go-to pointers for the large scale that, you know, anyone could kind of take on? Right. So you already touched on it. And like one of the biggest thing is keep everything as clean as you can. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Obviously you can't, you know, if you have an open fermenter, you can't like sanitize the, Mm -hmm. the, the wine that <laughs> needs the air, you can cover it. So that's another yeah. thing. You should be covering all of your fermentations mm-hmm. or all of your vessels. Even if it's a carboy at home, mm-hmm. you don't want to just have it open. You want to have it covered with like a piece of, of cloth, like cheesecloth, mm-hmm. so that you can still get air in there mm-hmm. or let the CO2 out, but you're not letting things it into the actual vessel. As soon as you empty a vessel, you want to clean it and sanitize it and then put it away. You also see this time of year, uh, a lot of winemakers are just, they're glorified janitors. Mm-hmm. They're working with the wine a lot, but you know, they they clean something so that they can use it and then they clean it to put it away. And then the next day they have to clean it to be able to use it again. And then they clean it to put it away. That's so, so true. Because when I worked with the winemaker, that's pretty much my job was like, yeah, I just I did help with like punch downs and he would take me to like learn about other things occasionally. But I say, yeah, basically, I was just cleaning things for him constantly. So the other thing that I think people don't necessarily trap. They ha- they ha- there's different ways to do this, but setting out fruit fly traps mm-hmm. does help. Yeah. <laughs> like we were talking about before, disrupting that life cycle. Like even if you only kill 20 out of 100 adults, that's still, what's 20 times 500? If like that's what I, the number that I read was most females lay about 500 eggs. Mm-hmm. So 20 times 500, like that's a whole lot less eggs. So in another two weeks, you're going to have that many less fruit flies that are a problem. Mm -hmm. So I think setting out fruit fly traps that you can just buy them on Amazon or at the store typically. Mm -hmm. And they have a, you can also make your own. Yeah, that's what I do a lot of times. I think setting those out is totally worth it, even if you don't catch a ton. And apple cider vinegar is a good thing to use mm -hmm, for that. Yeah, to attract them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another, so they, in the winery, you don't want those traps to be anywhere that they they maybe could get like 
knocked over mm-hmm. <laughs> or a lot of uh, times I'll see people put them like on the tops of tanks, mm-hmm. which is relatively safe because usually you're not doing a lot of stuff up there, but also you don't want it anywhere close enough that it could fall into a tank. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's usually other places that you can find like windowsills and things like that. That's my favorite place. And you want to have enough and you want to empty them enough that that more fruit flies are able to get in and and uh, drown so that you don't, you're again, disrupting that life cycle. Yeah. Um, we talked about cleaning. Um, the thing that I see, um, I've seen be a problem that people don't realize are like those hidden areas you don't think about cleaning. And most wineries, uh, you have like, it's somebody's job once a week, sometimes during the har- during harvest season every day to clean the drains. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you just want to make sure that those places where um, you're not necessarily getting everything squeaky clean and um, sanitized. You're still cleaning it enough that you're getting those pupa or yeah. washing those eggs down the drain so that they hatch in the sewer instead of in your winery, yeah. things like that. But watch um, out because they could come out of the drains is one of the things yeah. that I was reading too. Yeah. So you want to make sure that your drains are oriented enough and flushed enough mm-hmm. that they're pushed out. The the insect lights don't um, aren't as effective, in my opinion, as um, the little traps that you can buy. Okay. But if you get the right kind, there there are some that are more effective than others. Um, so there's some that have actually a sticky mm-hmm. as part of the light. So they'll have like a fan, the light and a fan that kind of draws them in. Mm-hmm. And then the fan helps get the different bugs stuck to the to the yeah. tack paper. And those, I think, work better for fruit flies than um, just the pure light. Okay. So it's not like the pheromone traps of sorts with the sticky. Right. It's the yeah, light. it's different. I think you could probably get a pheromone trap, but I don't know uh, that they would be any more effective than mm-hmm. than the little other, the little things shaped like apples that you buy at the store that are fruit fly traps. <laughs> yeah. The cleaner that I would suggest using is because you can use different types of cleaner. Mm-hmm. In a winery setting, a 70% alcohol solution tends to be a good cleaner for wiping things down. Okay. And if you have um, problem areas, something that I've noticed is like squeegees, like we don't necessarily clean our floor squeegees. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But if you're using, if you have a big press day and you've got a bunch of slightly sticky stuff on the floor and you're using that to squeegee to the drain or whatever, mm-hmm. you might want to then rinse it with your peroxy or spray it down with some alcohol because that might be a, a spot that a lot of fruit flies end up congregating. Yeah. I I mean, I know that just for mine, as I was setting out my pears on my counter in my garage, I was noticing so much. And so even for me, it was just constantly wiping things down because I just noticed um, that they were getting in everything. But those are some really good suggestions of, of really, I think, simple solutions that you can do. But yeah, cleaning those bins and and maybe even thinking about some other things like, I don't know, your what you're wiping, using to wipe down. Yes, that too. <laughs> we, um, at the, um, at Talaya, where I used to work, we also invested in like, like a actual trash can mm-hmm. to put all of our dirty laundry in. Yeah, I mean, we're doing laundry every day during harvest, but it has to sit sometimes for four or five hours yeah. in order to get 
an, a full enough load or get to a point where we can stop and start the laundry and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that, so that you didn't have a bunch of dirty rags that then were attracting more fruit flies, yeah. Yeah. was a huge win. Um, so just finding, if you see that you have a problem area, mm-hmm. figure out, like, just think about it. Like, okay, how can I disrupt this part of their life cycle? Yeah. How can I make this so it's not easy? You're never going to have an environment where there's no fruit flies mm-hmm. in the wine industry, in my opinion, because you're bringing in fruit from other places. So even if you get your winery to such a point that there's no eggs, pupa, or adult ha. fruit flies, as soon as you open those roll doors to the outside world, yeah. or you bring that fruit in to start processing, there's going to be fruit flies there. So having them at a manageable level where they're not, um, number one, not impacting your wine. Mm-hmm. And two, um, if especially if you're a commercial winery that um, has customers, you don't want you don't want fruit flies to be impacting your customer's experience. So having them at a level where they're not doing those two things, I think is really important. Yeah. And I think that's on a final note, just thinking about the materials that you're using, that they're easily washable. I mean, I think a lot of people are already thinking about that, but just that secondary reminder of like that they're easily washable by either like throwing in the bin, you know, the laundry or easily Mm -hmm. washable that, you know, you can rinse it down. So thinking about stuff that just can't harbor stuff in there because, I mean, it's with your other bacteria and other stuff that you're dealing with, you know, during the season, but it's just another reason to invest in some some good products that that are easy in that respect. Yes, completely agree. Well, I think that's a, I mean, keeping it short and sweet this, this week, but I think that's pretty much it. They're, they're out there. There are little buggers. They're little nemesis. But um, I think <laughs> we can all do some things to to keep it down. If you have any good suggestions about how to uh, take care of fruit flies, let us know. I think that you know that'll all be be good. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And again, if you have any tips or tricks on dealing with fruit flies, feel free to write them in. And also, if you have ideas of some. Um, topics you'd like to hear us discuss, please shoot us a direct message on Facebook or Instagram. And you can always write us an email at wholeclusterconversation at gmail.com. In the next few weeks, we're hoping to talk about green wine, (laughs) keeping happy and healthy fermentations, and even prepping the vineyard for winter. Um, Oh, and I think in the next couple weeks, we get to talk to Margot, don't we? Yeah, I'm excited Yeah, we're going to talk... Yeah, we're going to talk with um, one of Ashley's friends and colleagues, Margot Lem- Lima. Lemma? Lemma. I don't know. Well, <laughs> Lemma. And uh, she is in wine sales. So we're going to talk a little bit about that other side of the wine coin. And we always do love to switch up recordings. If you guys have ideas about um, some topics you want us to cover. So please fire away those um, listener inquiries. Thanks, guys. Ciao. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Whole Cluster Conversation. Music provided by Michael Johnson of Grand Falconer. Audio production provided by our friend Ukiah Bogle. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you like to listen. Ciao!